open your Bible to Matthew 7. This is where we're going to start. And I want to, I want to dig today. Um, I want to see breakthrough. I, I guess what we're praying this morning, what I've been praying all weekend, is that God would open up our hearts, that our hearts would be opened up to him, that we would see breakthrough in our lives. Um, and I felt like the Lord did that as, at the end of worship there as we went through worship and we sang about trusting him and there was this thing of opening our hearts. <clears throat> and so um, I, I guess what it, where I want to start today <clears throat> is we're going to talk about a culture of health and wholeness. Would you say it with me, health and wholeness? I feel like I have, I'm, uh, have to come down here to, to you guys, so I'll probably do that. I'll probably come down and walk with you as we go. Um, this is a huge deal. I guess if Mandy and I were to sit down and say, what has God called us to do for our life? And we've done this. We've sat down. What's our calling as a, as a married couple in ministry? What's our goal? What are, we, what are we supposed to do? What are we good at? What have we learned? It would be on this topic of health and wholeness. Um, I think our whole marriage has been learning how to be healthy and whole. And she, she, she would say yes to that. Um, the, the marriage that we have now um, is, is beautiful. I couldn't have ever dreamed that it would be the way it is at all. And we had to fight for it to be there. We had to fight for it. And the fight is what made it valuable. <clears throat> we were not really compatible when we got married. How many of you and your spouse were, were not perfectly combat, compatible? Maybe you were the opposites attract. And when you're opposites or you have enough differences, um, you learn some lessons on how to be compatible and how to still choose one another. Even though I drive you crazy and you're driving me crazy right now, right? There's this thing that we learn. Um, then not only that, you bring baggage into, and, and today's not about marriage. I'm just using it as an example. Um, you bring in baggage from your childhood. You bring baggage in from the way your parents parented. <clears throat> Amen? And that's our normal. We bring our normal with us everywhere we go. Kids, teenagers, those of you in the room, you already have a normal. What's normal to you? If, if, you're, if you're raised in a place right now where there's chaos or there's tension or strife, it has become the atmosphere that you're used to. You're accustomed to it. So what will generally happen is you're attracted to strife and chaos. You don't even know why. Why, why do I keep finding myself in areas and, and environments that are stressful? Because it's normal to you. You know how to function in that environment. It may be dysfunctional, but you know at least how to act there. You put me in a car next to somebody that doesn't talk at all, I'm completely uncomfortable. I want to have a conversation. Let's talk back and forth. If it's awkward silence in the car, I'm definitely going to break it because I'm not used to it. So I'm going to try to bring it to my normal. My normal is when we're in the car, we talk about life, right? Stupid example, but we, we, we have this normal thing built inside of us and we are attracted to it. If it's not there, we don't want to be there. Even if it's bad for us, we don't even know why, but I crave this thing that's not good for me because it's my normal. Today, the Lord is going to bring some healing and, and attach us to a place of wholeness today where we, we can be healthy and whole. I, I said this last week, and I'm going to tag it into the sermon today, but um, being healthy is something that, uh, it's, it's the next slide, you can go ahead, but we can be saved, we can be healed, and we can be delivered in an instant. How many believe that? You see the banners here at the end of service? That's what the banners are for. We're going to have salvation here in the center. Healing will come over here, and freedom will come here. And that's what we pray for. If you need salvation, healing, and freedom, that's what these things are here for. How many know that you can be saved just by saying yes to the Lord, turning to Him? You can be healed by turning to the Lord instantly. You can be set free from anything by turning to the Lord. But wholeness comes through community and comes through relationship. 
You're like, well, all I need is Jesus. You're absolutely right. All you need is Jesus. But Jesus is connected to something called a body. It's his bride. It's the church. And the Bible actually teaches us through the writings of Paul that everything that's supplied comes from Jesus, the head, the, the head of the body, and it flows from him into the rest of the body as he sees fit. Because we are fitly joined together. So yes, I can be saved instantly. Yes, I can be healed from anything instantly. And yes, I can be delivered instantly. But wholeness comes through an experience of being in community and relationship with God and with his people. So I want to stop here. Since we set the foundation, I want to pray and I want you to do something with me. Would you, would you place your hand on your heart and pray this with me? Father God, I ask you to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may know you better. Amen. So I want to talk today not, not just about the end suddenly moments where we're saved, healed, delivered, or set free. I want to talk about community. I want to talk about how being made whole in a family. See, being healthy and whole is when we know how to get our needs met in a healthy and life-giving way. Next slide, babe, please. Thank you. Being healthy and whole is when we know how to get our needs met. Would you read that with me? Being healthy and whole is when we know how to get our needs met in a healthy and life-giving way. Everyone say amen to that. Amen. See, we were born with needs, and we all learn through life how to get our needs met. We'll get more into this, but I want to just set a foundation, because I, I believe with all my heart, if we will apply the tools and the things that we talk about today, we will begin to experience what wholeness really looks like. How many want to really be whole, like perfect? The Bible, Paul says, I want you to be complete and mature, not lacking anything. How many have ever, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have ever been in a situation where you were just like, I don't think I have the tools for this. I think I'm lacking what I need for this situation for this moment. I felt that way. You don't have to raise your hand, but I am. Man, I'm just not equipped for this. I, I don't have what it takes for this. Sometimes... What we need is locked up in community and in the body of Christ. Sometimes it's locked up in a family member. <sighs> Did you know that sometimes Jesus won't meet your need? Because he wants you to know you need family and community to get that need met. Oh no, Jesus would never do that. I've read quite a few miracles where Jesus was passing by someone who was crying out for him. And he just walked right on by him. Jesus, son of David, keeps on walking. Kept on walking. Jesus didn't know the woman was touching his garment. She was behind him. He was walking past her. Jesus appears to his disciples out and he's, he's walking on the water like a ghost. And, and he's walking past them. So I believe sometimes we say, well, all I need is Jesus. You're right, absolutely right. But sometimes he locks away what we need for wholeness within a body and a family of people. Yeah. See, there, there is this dynamic, and we'll get into it, and we'll make it really clear. We have some tools and some graphics that we'll use to show how we're supposed to really get our needs met. Because a person who's really healthy and a person who's really whole knows how to get their needs met in a healthy way and in a way that gives life. 
See, there are ways to get our needs met that steals life from us. Am I telling the truth? Amen. So there's this word called sozo. Anyone heard of the word sozo before? I know some of you have. I know, John, you're, you're familiar with sozo ministry there. Um, <clears throat> Sojourn Church, I know they're connected to it. There's a ministry called sozo ministry. And I don't want to talk about the ministry today. I want to talk about the word. It's actually a, it's a Greek word. And so when you see the word in the New Testament and it's salvation, it's the word sozo. And so here's the three-pronged uh, definition of what sozo really means. It means saved, and you can find this in Romans 10, verse 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be sozoed. You shall be saved. That's salvation. That's this banner over here. You shall be saved. So that's the actual word sozo. You shall be saved if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Then it also means healed. Everyone say healed. So sometimes, like in this scripture, Matthew 9, 22, it says, but Jesus, turning and seeing this woman who touched the hem of his garment, and he says to her, daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you sozoed, has made you well, has made you whole. And at once, the woman was made sozoed, was made well, was made whole. So salvation Healing, sozo, also means this word here. It means delivered. So in Luke 8, 36, when it says, and those who had seen it reported to them the man who was demon-possessed. Now, how many remember this story? This guy was not wearing any clothes, and they had to chain him up because he was so crazy. And he was running around the countryside with chains that he had broken free from, and he was naked, and he was terrorizing the village. This man who was demon-possessed, they saw that he had been made sozoed. He had been made well. So it means salvation, it means healing, and it means deliverance. Everyone say salvation, healing, deliverance. This is important because um, I, this is, you can leave that. Um, I'm in the middle right now of working with a man named Randy Hill, who is the regional SOZO director for Texas, Oklahoma, now Arkansas, and Kansas. And what we're doing is we've put together a plan, and we've been meeting with the North, North Texas District of our, the Assemblies of God, which most of you know is who we're affiliated with, and we're trying to bring the ministry of Sozo to, to the Assemblies of God because it's been something that hasn't been there. And what we're finding is that so many people have experienced trauma, pain, and suffering, and they don't know how to get their needs met so that they can be healed and made whole. And what Sozo does is it comes in and it takes us back to those moments and it allows Jesus to save, heal, and deliver us or Sozo us. Let me just give you a quick background on this because the science is actually even there. There was a study done at Harvard, a study done at Cambridge, a study done at Yale, all these higher uh, learning uh, facilities. And what they wanted to know was why were great-grandchildren of Holocaust survivors having spikes in PTSD? Why were generations later... Were their grandchildren and great-grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, why were they more susceptible and open to PTSD, post-traumatic stress? Why are they more susceptible to that than the average person? And what they discovered was on the actual sheathing of the DNA that was passed from generation to generation was a code of trauma that they actually can see on the DNA. And the trauma that happened to their parents in the Holocaust even though these great-grandchildren weren't in the Holocaust, 
even though they didn't even experience the trauma of the Holocaust, they were carrying around in them a norm of trauma, and they have to be healed from it. It's the same with slavery. Even kids and grandkids, you know, I want to say this. When, 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 when an African-American person mentions slavery, if you're a white person, just shut up and say, I'm listening to you. I want to hear what you have to say. Don't say, well, it wasn't me. I didn't do it to you. Yeah, obviously you didn't do it to him. Oh, it was your, yeah, it's been 150 years. It doesn't matter. There is a trauma that happened, and until we repent to them for the trauma, there's going to be this, this opportunity that the enemy can seize that's even on their DNA that's passed on of a trauma that they carry around as a weight and as a yoke of trauma on them, and they need to be released from it. And sozo is the release from that. So when I talk about sozo in our church, so every altar service will be a sozo session. Salvation, healing, and deliverance. Every service. Because everybody needs to be saved, healed, and delivered. And even though it happens in an instant, then we need to be connected to a family, a body, the body of Christ, where we can have tools brought in to, to take away the scars and to put new things in place. What does Romans 12 say? Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns. So what sozo does, what wholeness does, what inner healing does, is it takes away the old patterns of coping with that pain, and it gives us a new way of coping and getting our needs met. Everyone's still good? Amen. Did you know that we all have needs? Absolutely. We all have needs. Um, do you know... How to get your needs met in a healthy way is probably a better question. Probably a better question. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. How many have heard of the love languages, the five love languages, right? Uh, let's see. Let's just go through them. Quality time, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, and gifts. Now, we all probably receive love in all of these different ways, right? But there's usually one or two that is our love language, man. When you... For, for me, when I'm an acts of service person. So when you do something kind for me, that tells me you love me. I'll use an example in our home. I, I, we use this language in our house now. So if Mandy and I share the house responsibilities, I do vacuum. I actually do all the laundry. Did you know that? I do all the laundry. And I don't touch toilets. Mandy is just so sweet, and she loves to just clean those toilets. But I, I'll do the laundry, and I'll do dishes, and we literally share. And we'll pick up for one another. When, when Mandy's pregnant, we pick up, right? And so um, when you cook every night, how many knows the dishes never stop? Yeah. Fast food, man, you, you wrap that bag up, put it in the recycling bin, and you don't see it. Like, man, my house is so clean. That's because we haven't cooked at home. But when you cook at home, there's dishes and pans and everything piles up, right? And so um, what I would like to do is when I would like to beat Mandy home. I'd like to hurry and get home before she does. And I would like to do the dishes and have it done so she comes home and the kitchen's clean, right? And so I've learned to tell her, babe, I, I did that because I'm telling you I love you. I'm wanting you to know I love you. Right? We do it with, our, with let's use Matthias. Matthias' love language is gifts. He, when you, I'm, I'm just saying, when he gets a gift, he's like, man, I'm really loved today. Amazon is his friend. When we order from Amazon and there's a package with his name on it or it's for him, he thinks he's like won the Super Bowl, it's Christmas. Like it could be anything. It doesn't, it could be a package of gum. But he got a gift that day, right? And so we begin to tell him, Matthias, 
when I picked up that package of gum or Mentos from CVS on the way home, I got it and brought it to you because I'm telling you I love you. It's your love language. So you need to know what your love languages are because that's how you're going to get your needs met. Hello? Do you know how to ask the people that are closest to you to meet your needs? Do you know how to ask to get your needs met? Did you know that you need to ask? Yeah. No, if they really loved me, they would just know what I need right now. That's not how this works. Am I telling the truth? So what we try to do is, well, they haven't picked up all my clues. I'm going to turn up the heat a little bit, and now I'm just going to be mad at them. And I'm going to withdraw my love from them. And I'm just, I'm, t- I'm just telling myself, I'm going to send off the vibe. I'm mad at you right now because you didn't meet my needs. I'm mad at you, right? No, we need to ask to have our needs met, right? I'll use an example for, from Judah, right? Judah's five years old, Kyle's son, and every other week he comes home with us because he goes to the same school as my boys, and he hangs out with us at the house. And Judah, over time, he'll come in and he'll do this. Kyle knows it's his son, but he'll come in, and instead of asking for what he wants, he'll do this, mm, juice. And he'll just, mm, juice. And he'll just keep saying it, mm, juice. And so we've, mm, juice. And so we've started... I, Judah, you're not asking for anything. Do you need something? Mm, juice. I'm like, well, that's not asking for juice. Mm, it's not even a word. <laughs> so over time, we've had it some. Judah, we want to get you what you need. We want to meet your need. We use five-year-old language. But we want to meet your need, Judah. We want to get you juice. But you need to ask for juice. So now, guess what he does? He'll come home. Uncle Jerry. I want some juice. Can I have some juice? Absolutely, buddy. Let's go. And we go get juice together, right? What, what he's learning is when he asks and I give him what he needs, he's building trust with me and I'm building trust with him. So when he asks and I don't give him what he needs, it breaks the trust. But we teach our kids... We meet their needs and it builds trust in the home. Same with our spouses. We meet their needs and trust is built in the relationship. Well, well if they really loved us, wouldn't they just, wouldn't he just go get juice for them? Me getting the juice for Judah without him asking does not help him learn to get his needs met. But he needs to learn how to say, I'm drowning over here. There may be a day where he's really upset when he's a teenager and he needs to know he can come to Uncle Jared or to his dad or to whomever's in his life and say, hey, I'm really having a hard time and I need something right now. And we'll say, what is it, buddy? I'll get it for you. I'll do it. You need a hug? I'll give you a hug, whatever it is. But it builds the trust that says, if I ask for my needs to be met, they're gonna meet my needs. Well, where do we learn this? Right here in Matthew chapter seven. Jesus told us this is what we're supposed to do. Ask and what? It will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For whoever asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Amen? Next slide, please. Thank you. Or what man, now listen to this part. Or what man is there among you, when he asks his, when his son asks for a loaf of bread, will he give him a stone? How many of you have ever done that to your kids? No. Or will he ask for a fish, and we give him a snake? He doesn't do that, right? Are we there? Good. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? And then he said, and then here's the golden rule. 
In everything, therefore, treat people the same way that you want to be treated. For this sums up the law and the prophets. What's the point? We need to learn. It doesn't matter how old we are. If we're the five-year-olds in juice, or if we're the 45-year-old man, or we're the 70-year-old lady, we need to know how to get our needs met. We need to know how to ask people for it. But generally what happens is we don't ask people to meet our needs because we don't trust that they'll meet them. And it's less painful to just go get the needs met on my own in my own way than to ask someone and them turn me down. So what we do is we learn this pattern of I don't need people to meet my needs. I'm self-sufficient and I can meet all of my own needs and I don't need someone else there because it's too painful to trust other people because they always let me down. And that's a bad pattern. And that's actually a pattern of trauma that the Lord wants to heal today. Some kids, when they're growing up, they hear from their parents, it doesn't matter what you want. I've said that before, trust me. We're going out to eat. Hey, where do you want to eat, babe? And the boys pop up. We want whatever. It doesn't matter what you want right now. It really is a bad thing to say to a kid. There's a much better way for me to say that. It doesn't matter what you want. No, a better way would be, this is a mommy-daddy decision. We know what you like, and we will pick something that everybody likes. But we do this, and we build up these patterns. We build up these cultures, and, and we end up not trusting people. Everyone's still okay? So do you know how to get your needs met? See, God gave us our families, and he gave us relationships so that we can be complete and whole. Did you know that? What's the Old Testament scripture it says? He puts the lonely in what? Say it loud. He puts the lonely in families. Say it loud. Lonely in families. God takes the lonely, and his solution to loneliness isn't just giving himself to them. Oh, if, if they're lonely, wouldn't God just say, man, I take the lonely, and I become their best friend, and they don't need anyone else. It's just me and them. He doesn't say that. He says he takes the lonely and he puts them into a family because inside of a family is where wholeness and healing takes place. Now, there's a tool that we use in Sozo called the Father Ladder, and I want you to see this tool. Take a picture of it with your phone. As we get through it, we'll reveal more of, of what it is, but the Father Ladder is basically an outline of our needs and where we are to get our needs met, right? So we're, we're people, we're humans. Did you know that we're a, we're a human being with a body, with a soul, and a spirit? How many believe that's true? Did you know that you can't separate the body from the soul and the spirit? They are all connected. And sometimes what I do in my body affects my soul. And sometimes a wound in my soul affects my spirit and my body. PTSD is an example. He talked about it. So they have a trauma in their soul. There's a wound in their soul that hasn't been healed, yet it manifests itself in a physical sickness or ailment in someone's body. Because we're, it's like the Trinity. You can't separate them. We have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. So what God does is he says, people have needs in their body, their soul, and their spirit. So I'm going to make, they're going to enter this earth in a family. Think about that for a second. God births every person on the planet, goes through birth, and they are birthed into a family. And inside this earthly family, we have a father, we have a mother, and we have siblings. Amen? I promise you we do. Right? And what we need inside... So let's go to the, go to the next slide, babe. 
So inside of our, in our body, what we need for our body to feel safe and secure is we need identity, we need protection, and we need provision. Those are three things that we all need within, to be healthy and whole in our body. We need identity. We need to know who we are. We need provision, and we need protection. We need to feel safe. In our soul, we have needs. We need communication and companionship in our soul. If you want to take one picture at the end when all the information is on there, maybe it'll help save you time. I did it this way just because I don't know why, but I did. So in our soul, we need communication and friendship, companionship. And then in our spirit, we need comfort, we need nurturing, and we need teaching. And every person on the planet has these needs. All of us do. And so God says, they're born with all of these needs. How can we get these needs met? I know I'm going to give them a father. And the father is supposed to bring their identity, their protection, and their provision. Some people on the planet had a really bad father who didn't do a good job of protecting them and keeping them safe or providing for them or giving them identity. But God still gave us fathers to do this for us. So I would say to you, if you didn't have a good father who was good at this, Find a spiritual father to step in, someone who can cause you to have an identity and feel safe and to be provided for the needs that you have. Amen? So then he says, okay, we need communication and friendship. I'm going to give them siblings and friends. Our, our sons and our daughters and our kids learn friendship and communication with their friends. They don't learn it from their parents. That's why when we try to be their friend, it doesn't work. They don't want to be our friends. They want dad to protect them and provide for them and give them identity. They don't want dad to be their buddy. That doesn't mean we don't have fun together. Yeah, that doesn't mean we don't have a great time and we feel friendly. That's not, not what I'm saying. But that's not the core reason fathers are given. And then in our spirit, we need comfort. We need nurturing, teaching. So obviously, God gave us moms because they're the best at that, right? I always say this when I talk about it. Look, you can give me chicken noodle soup and you can say this is from the can, and this is from mom, or this is the best chef, this is Gordon Ramsay's chicken noodle soup, it's the best chicken noodle soup in the world, and you put mom's soup next to it, I will want mom's soup, because mom's soup is better, only mom, or grandma, <laughs> because it's that comfort, it's the nurture that comes with it, right, but guess what, as great as our earthly families are, and as great as they try to be, they fail at meeting all of our needs. So guess what? God has a family. God is our father. And it's his job to really give us our identity and provision and protection. Amen? And then Jesus came to be our best friend, the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And then he sent Holy Spirit because he's the actual comforter. He's the one who nurtures and teaches us. So here's the point. I don't disregard my family, my earthly family, to get my needs met. But I know that they're incapable of fully meeting my needs. And I need God's family to fully get my needs met. So let me say this. If you're struggling and you're, and you're worried about provision right now, where do you need to go to fix the worry about provision? You need to go to the Father. And you say, God, you're my Father. And you said you would provide for me. And I need you. I'm asking you to provide for me. And guess what he's going to say? I would love to provide for you. I would love to get you some juice. Right? If we're struggling in friendship and companionship, we go to our siblings and friends, and well, what if they don't meet that need? Then I know, and I, I do this. I pray, Jesus, I need you to be my friend right now. I need to hang out with you. 
Because Jesus was that kind of guy. He didn't judge people, but man, they didn't want to do better when they were around him. But he, he was that comfortable person to be around. He was fun. He was the funnest person to be around. What happens if I've noticed that I, I need comfort? What if I'm not feeling very nurtured? What if, my, what if inside I just don't feel, I, I need to be touched inside. I need something to happen to me, right? And my earthly mother's not there. I don't have people in my life that are meeting that need. I need to go to Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you're the best comforter. And I need you to come right now and comfort me, nurture me, teach me. Amen? This is called the Father Ladder. And so if there's any moment in your life where you feel like, man, I'm not getting my needs met, go to this chart. Okay, what need is not being met right now? Okay, where, where does it fit in? Okay, who do I need to go to? Sometimes there's a broken relationship with our brother or our siblings. And we need to go make that right. Sometimes there's a broken relationship with our father. And we need to go make that right. Sometimes that's the hardest one, right? And sometimes it's with a mother. But this, is, this will help us at least when we're in that moment where we're like, man, I don't know what's wrong. I am just not in sync right now. I am in a funk and I don't know what it is. Okay, what do I need right now? What needs not being met? Okay, this is a starting point. Everybody good? See, the kingdom is all about relationships. So I want to I do this. We've kind of alluded to it over the last few weeks, but I want to dive into it today. See, relationships are the place where we manifest and develop health and wholeness. Did you know that not everyone should have the same access to you? Yeah. That's a really hard one. Because you like to just give away. How many people are generous? Yeah. You just, oh. Yeah, I can come do that. I can help you with that. And what happens? You give all your stuff away and you have nothing left, right? And you're like, man, I'm doing a good thing. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not everyone should have the same access to you. But also, not everyone should have the same opportunity to meet your needs. Sometimes there's a person or people in our life meeting needs that they have no business meeting. And it's dangerous, absolutely dangerous. I'll, I'll use an example. Um, so the last two weeks, uh, my brother-in-law, Kyle, has a group of youth pastors that he's mentoring. And he's just, we just sit down, we talk real stuff, real life things, ministry things. And the last two weeks, I've, I've been able to go in and teach on relationship rings, which we're about to get to. And I brought up to them, it's really easy in ministry to stand up here. And, and when you preach the gospel... You're revealing intimate parts of yourself. Yeah. Like you're revealing what you heard from the Lord in the secret place. You're revealing things that, family things that you learned hard, the hard way. I allude to a lot of stuff about family things that Mandy and I learned the hard way. But I'm up here sharing with, with, with all these different people, right? There's people on the podcast I don't even know that listen. And I'm sharing myself with them, right? And what can happen is... We can do that, but if I'm not giving the best part of me to my wife, then the church becomes a mistress. And what happens, and I was sharing it with these young people, what will happen is we begin to need the people to come up and say, hey, good message. That's the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. You're the best preacher. And you start to need those things because they have replaced the closest priority relationships, and now they're meeting needs they weren't supposed to meet. Now, I'm very careful with it, and if you've been around me for a long time, people at the bridge will know, I don't like it when you come tell me I did a good sermon. I don't like it. I really don't. Because this is, this is really how I feel. These are not my words. It's yeah. only true because God said it, period. 
That's it. So it's his word. Now, my, when I go home, I want my wife to tell me, you did a good job. Because it's an intimate thing. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, weird or whatever. I'm just saying there's this thing that happens where all of a sudden we're pulling people in to meet needs that really God gave me a wife to meet those needs. And God gave me in closest relationships. So let's break down through this. Boundaries are what we use to protect what we value. <clears throat> Some of us use boundaries to just push people away. But that's not the only reason we have boundaries. Boundaries are actually there to keep safe what we really value, right? <clears throat> boundaries are also what we use to keep anything away that may damage what's valuable to us. So I have a fence around my house. I don't just have a fence to keep bad guys in and other dogs from my yard out. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I, I have a fence because I have a dog that I, I actually am starting to like a little bit, right? I got outvoted on that and we have a dog. And so I'm starting to like this dog and, and, and I want her to stay back there. I want her to be in our yard. And I want my kids to be able, I, I want my house to be safe, right? It's not just a stay away thing. So let's go through this real quick. This thing right here, this graphic that's coming up, is called the relationship rings. And Danny Silk taught something like this years ago. And basically, here's how it breaks down. And this, again, is a tool that you can use for the rest of your life. I promise you it's valuable. So that, that spot where it says you, that's, that's God's spot. And there's only room for God to be in that spot. And we'll bring the graphic back up as we go through. You can take picture of that but God's spot that's only for God no one else can be in that intimate yeah. spot because he can only he can meet needs that others can't right then the next ring outside from that is your plus one right go back to that please that's our plus one this is our MVP our most valuable person in our life my wife is my plus one period forever for the rest of my life no one will come between my wife and me I've got me and God and my wife doesn't get in my God spot because if she does, then I'm going to have problems. Yeah. It, huh. Come on. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times, even in Christianity, we see this happen, where a husband or a wife replaces the God spot inside of their relationship rings. And over time, their whole Christian walk is based on whether their husband or wife is doing well or not. And it's because, they're, it's because God's not in his God spot. Now, that plus one is absolutely the most valuable person in our life, but they're not God. And I can't mix these things up because it will cause me to be erratic. It will cause me to be unbalanced in my life. It will cause me to have pain and suffering. So as the rings go out, you've got God's spot, you've got your plus one, and then these numbers aren't specific, like you have to pick three or five. But as the rings go further out from you, they have less and less access to meet your needs and less and less intimacy with you. So outside of my wife, then I've got my two sons and my other son-to-be, right? I'm going to have three sons that, you know what? As, my, as close as my brother and I are, Josiah is a priority to me in my life. Matthias is a priority in my life. As close as I am to Kyle. And we learned that early on in marriage. When, when Kyle wanted to come hang out, and I wanted Kyle to come hang out on my couch all the time when we first got married. And Mandy's all of a sudden going, your brother sure is over here a lot. <laughs> And I'm like, that's right. That's my brother. What, you got a problem? Because my whole life, my brother was my plus one. Yeah, come on. And then you get married, and, oh, I'm sorry, Kyle. You're going to have to be in my, I'm going to to move you out a little bit. It doesn't change how well we know each other, no, but my wife's going to win from now on. And now they're like, yeah. they're like brother and sister, right? Which is the way it should be. But this is how it happens. This is fluid. People move in and out of our life. 
And the key is as, as these relationship rings grow and you have more and more people, you've got the guy at the post office. I don't tell the guy at the post office my secrets. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Oh, man, yeah, the wife and I got into one last night. That's foolish. I'm giving away valuable things to swine. I'm not calling the guy at the post office yeah. the swine. Come on. I'm using, there's a biblical, don't, don't yeah. cast the pearls before the swine. What, what am I saying here? The people closest to me get the best of me. I don't come up here and preach sermons. I don't do ministry for, for the church if I don't do it in my home as a priority first. It's just the way it has to be. Am I making sense? And as this thing grows out, people have less and less, less access to us. Do we know what the relationship, do, you, do we know what their love languages are? It's really important to know what my wife's love language is because it's not the same as mine. She's not an acts of service person. She's a quality time. And if she doesn't get her quality time, she feels like her needs aren't being met. And that's my job to, to think about those things. But it's her job to say, hey, we haven't had quality time lately. We haven't had a date night in forever. Like, I know, I'm so sorry. I will get you some juice. It's just the asking. It's the asking. Am I making sense? All right, let's go to the next one. And we're going to close this out. We choose where people fit in this graphic by communicating with them and by meeting their needs and allowing them to meet our needs. So you're like, well, how do I know who's in what ring and who's in what area? Do, what needs are they meeting in your life? What needs are you meeting in their life? Are they supposed to meet that need? Are you supposed to meet their need? Once you begin to ask those questions... Then you can begin to set up these boundaries to protect what's really valuable. See, we have these things in my, my home called family talks. Anyone else have family talks? It's like a TED talk, but just family talk. It's not a podcast. It's only for my family, right? And we, we say this to our kids, and, we're, and it's hard for them to learn. Sons, this is a family talk. This is not for anybody else. This is just for our family. Like when I was growing up, that was called hip, hypocrite. You're hiding stuff. No. I'm teaching my sons that there are things that are more valuable for us that other people don't get access to because they're not in the family. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't love them. It just means that I'm choosing my family first. I'm choosing you. I chose you guys. Sometimes the boys would like to interject and have a talk that's only a Mandy and I talk. I'm so sorry, sons. I love you. You're so awesome. You're special to me, but this is not any of your business. <laughs> yeah, come on. This is a daddy and mommy talk. This is a mommy daddy decision. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. All right, this is how it works. Some of the biggest messes we create in life are the direct result of violating our priority relationships. Sometimes when we cause the biggest mess, it's because we have violated our priority relationships. I have given to someone else or taken from someone else what, what shouldn't have been an exchange between the two. I have replaced someone. There's a quote from, from Keeping Your Love On. If you haven't read the book, you should. It's from Danny Silk. And he says, if I start pulling on my child's account to meet the needs of a stranger, or if I pull on my wife's account to meet the needs of my kids, then I'm violating my priority, the priority of my core relationships. <laughs> this happened this morning, so I'll just, these kinds of examples happen. I want my kids to know they're my priority. So if I'm talking to anyone in public 
if I'm talking to, to people at church and my kids come up, if, they're, if my kids are being rude, we're going to deal with that. Hey, you're interrupting. I'm talking to someone else. You need to have respect, right? We have those talks. But if my kids need something and they come up and they just wait for me, I'm going to respond to my child. I'm sorry. I'm, we can talk more in just a moment. What do you need, buddy? All right. Do I need discipline? Whatever it is. And then I'll go right back to my conversation. Why? Because I'm telling my kids, you're my priority. It doesn't mean other people aren't a priority. It's just different. Does that make sense? So I said everything I said today to go back to this point. We can be saved. We can be healed. We can be delivered in an instant. But health and wholeness comes through community. And I I really want to see us be healthy. I mean, we want to see a church that's healthy and whole. What would it look like if we had our stuff together? Wow. They know how to treat each other. They know how to have conflict. They know, how to, they know how to get their needs met and talk to one another about it. What can we teach the world about family? I, I think probably the greatest need in the world today is to see what family is supposed to look like. We don't know. They're completely redefining what family is. There are like a million uh, sexes now, a million whatever it's called. I don't know how many different ones they've come out with, 80-something um, genders. Like, no, there's two. I'm pretty sure there's just two. I, don't, I, I may be stupid. I know I'm not Harvard educated. Uh, there's just two genders. You can say whatever you want about all the rest. And the world's trying to completely redefine what family looks like because the world doesn't know. God is the one who instituted family. And so it's really important for us to make this right between us and God and the, and the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit then it's really important for us to connect really well to his body and be healthy and do life together and and meet each other's needs and become whole and become strengthened. Because like we said when we talked about a culture of honor, there is gold locked up inside of you that's beneficial to me. You have things locked up inside of you that will help me have a better experience in life. And I have things that are locked up inside of me that will help you have a better experience in life. It's just the way God set it up. He hid the kingdom inside of all of us. And that when we honor one another, we, we get the strength from one another. So would you stand? And we're just going to close out with this and then we'll move to the business stuff. But <clears throat> Father, we just love you. <clears throat> we thank you because you're a good father. You're the best. And Jesus, you're a great brother. You're awesome at it. I have fun with you. And Holy Spirit, you're the best comforter. You're the best teacher, the best nurturer. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come today and minister to this body. We want to be healthy and whole. We want to be a church where people can come and find wholeness. Like all of a sudden, everything just clicks into place. Where we really live, where we're really alive. So here's how we'll we'll close out. Uh It's a tough one, right? Let's let's go ahead and and bring the banners in place if we can. Um, The salvation will go here in the center. Um, Healing can just go right here and and, uh, freedom. Uh, Josiah, you want to get this one, brother? Thank you. And these will just go right here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is, we're just going to open the altar up. 
If you say, I need salvation, I need to make my connection with God right. I need, I need to confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, Jesus is Lord. And I'd like for you to come here to the center, just to this banner. Um, Stephanie's right here. We have other team members that will be here to pray with you. They just want to pray and make that connection with God right. If you're here and you say, I need sozo, I need healing. I need healing. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe you want to stand in for someone. Maybe you want to stand in for Aunt Anna, right? Is that the right name? Aunt? Yeah, Amber? I'm standing for her. We need healing. Then let's do that. If you're here and you say, man, I need freedom in my life. Uh, maybe it's not like you would say, oh, this is not a bad addiction. I just need to be free from pain in my heart. I need to be free from, from whatever it is. Then come to this banner right here and we'll meet you. Yeah, thank you. Someone come meet her if you will. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You just come to the front. This is how we're going to close out. If you just hang out for a minute, we'll do the vote and everything like that. Um, but just make an altar where you're at or pray for someone. Just make this time valuable and make it worth something, all right?